The Fields of Home by Ralph Moody, University of Nebraska Press, 1953. We're on chapter 25. <clears throat> Grandfather sets his cap for Baisha. Father, I give you thanks uh, for uh, having kept us uh, to this day, that we can actually have me read this chapter, that we can hear it. Uh, I pray that uh, it would be a chapter that causes us to think and to um, consider how grateful we are, Lord, for everything we have, for all the, the work we get to do, for the hands, the feet uh, that work, and the eyes and the ears that uh, see and hear, the mouth that can taste, and uh, the lips that can proclaim your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Grandfather had never helped me with the chores, but Monday morning he was at the barn when I came downstairs at sunrise. He must have been up since 4 o'clock. A skillet of baked beans was simmering on the back of the stove, the oven door was open, and a plate of Johnny cake and one of Annie's pies was warming on the top shelf. He was pitching hay down from the mow when I went to the barn, and he peeked over the edge like a squirrel looking down from a tree. Got the hogs all slopped, he called out to me. Bye, gory Ralphie, we'll get an early start at, th at it this morning. We ain't going to stop for nothing till the rocks is all off the high field. By fire twixt the two of us, we'll make him fly. We'll show him what kind of logs makes wide shingles. Provender the horses, and we'll eat our victuals afore you do the milking. As I fed the horses, Grandfather came down the ladder and hurried away to the house. He still had his hat on, had set the table, and was dishing out beans when I got there. By gory, they made bad-looking beans, he called to me as I was washing. Pie looks uncommon good, too. Strawberries in it, ain't there, Ralphie? Yes, sir, I told him. I think Annie's a pretty good cook, don't you? She taught me how to make biscuits and Johnny cake. Wasting, wasting, Grandfather snapped. Then, as he drew his chair up to the table, he said, Well, what's done is done. No sense of wasting the victuals. Now they're cooked. Fetch a couple of them little cupcakes, Ralphie. Goes awful nice with hot tea. <laughs> Grandfather ate more for breakfast than he had for any meal since Millie left. He seemed to enjoy every mouthful. But when I tried to swing the talk around to Annie's coming again, he snapped, Eat your victuals, Ralphie. Time flies, and we've got a eternal heap of work to do before the snow flies. All during milking, Grandfather kept coming into the tie-up and telling me that time flew. I always saved the brindle cow till the last. She still kicked as much as ever, and if anything, the milk sprayed worse. Grandfather watched me fight the milk from her for a few minutes and said, Leave be, leave be, Ralphie. There ain't no time for fiddle-faddling. If I do, her bag will cake, and it will ruin her, I told him. Ruin her? Calculate she's turned all night ruined for a milker already. Let me see. Who might be there I might trade her off to? Grandfather walked up and down the length of the tie-up three or four times, just pulling the end of his whiskers and looking at the floor. Suddenly, he sang out. By fire, I got him. I got him, Ralphie. By just swell. Don't know a man I'd sooner trade her off to. I know him, I said. I rode up from Lisbon Falls with him the first day I came here. Grandfather stopped walking and looked at me closely. Don't calculate he said nothing good of me, he said. Well, I don't remember just what he did say. Wager, you twasn't good. Baja, he ain't told the truth yet if a lie would do. Meanest man this side of the Atascrondon River. Cheat a widow man, woman out of her last hen. Scun me out of four cords of wood. By fire, Ralphie, I calculate to set my cap for Baja. Hmm. Hmm. There's an auction over Paget's. Padgett Scott way this afternoon. Baja, he don't buy nothing, but he don't never miss an auction. 
goes for the free victuals. Gory sakes, if we wasn't all so fired busy, I'd go set the wheels a-rolling to get him head up for a trade. I don't see any reason for your not going to the auction, I told him. By 11 o'clock, you and Old Nell could rake all the stones the yellow colt and I could haul in a day. I'd be awfully glad if we could get rid of the brindle. Gory sakes, calculate I, may I best. Calculate maybe I best, Grandfather sang out. I'll drive the cows to pasture whilst you set the milk and fetch the hosses to the high field. If stone hauling had been fun when I was working alone, it was ten times as much fun with Grandfather along. He handled Old Nell as if she'd been a team of oxen, and anyone could have heard him a mile away. She couldn't take six steps without his hollering, Gee off! Ha too! Get out! Whoa, back! Whoa, you tarnal fool hoss! The yellow colt knew every move of stone hauling, as well as I, so I had no use for the reins and kept them tied at the hame knobs. When I was forking or lifting stones onto the drag, he'd move forward a step or two at my cluck or stop at a hiss. Because I always gave him a piece of apple after every pull on the dumping tackle, there was nothing for me to do but switch the, his single tree over to the tote rope hook and let him go. He'd swing around for a straight pull, throw his weight into the collar, then, when he heard the stones roll, come back to the drag for his apple. <laughs> I noticed that Grandfather stopped shouting at Old Nell each time the yellow colt and I took a load of stones to the wall. On about the sixth trip, I looked up and saw him watching us. Gory sakes alive, Ralphie, he called out. You got the old hoss to read in your mind. How in thunderation does he know what to do without neither voice nor line? By fire, never thought to tell you. The colt, he won't work single. Never would. Never do anything but balk and rear. If grandfather had told me that a month before, it would have made me awfully mad. The first thing that came into my mind was his making me use the colt on the tote rope that day in haying when I'd broken the ridge pole in the barn. Even though I wasn't mad, I wanted Grandfather to know that I knew. So I called back. He does all right now. I'll bet we could even use him on the tote rope for the horse fork. Like as not, like as not, Grandfather snapped quickly. Then, get get up, Nell. By the time he'd made another trip across the field and back, Grandfather's voice was pleasant again. By gory, Ralphie, he called. Mark how the rocks is coming a-tumbling out back of this little harrow. Come the Sabbath, I calculate we'll have this field scun clean as a whistle. Gory sakes, won't have nothing left to do but the dressing afore we tackle the wilderness field. The mailman had come and gone before Grandfather would stop breaking stones and go to the auction. I didn't expect him home until after dark, and all afternoon kept planning the things I'd say to Annie when she came for her cows. I couldn't tell her what Grandfather said about not letting her come to the house again, and I wouldn't tell her he'd said I couldn't see her anymore. When the sun was dropping behind the pines on the ridge, I went down to the valley and waited for her. I just told her that Grandfather expected Millie home in a few days. I wanted to save the butter making for her. Then I said, who had enough pie and cake to last that long, that it was the best I had ever tasted, and that I'd come down to see her again the first chance I had. Grandfather came home that night while I was milking. I didn't know he was there until he'd unharnessed Old Nell and came into the tie-up. I got him, Ralphie. I got him. Old Bizer riz up for the bait like a horned pout for a night crawler. All the while I was milking, he gloated over the trade he was planning to make with Mr. Swale and followed me from cow to cow, telling me stories of dozens of different trades he'd made. Ain't no two ways about it, Ralphie, he told me as I stripped the brindle. A farmer ain't a farmer, lessen he's a good trader. There's traders and traders, but there's a few good traders. Father, father, he was one of the best. Wouldn't no more lie to you in a trade than he'd steal off in you. But you could put what meaning you might on what he said, and you was lucky if you come away with your boots on. 
What I know of trading, I learned from father. Don't cheat any area man in any trade, Ralphie. If it comes about he wants to cheat himself, I don't calculate that's none of your affairs. Don't never be anxious and don't never hurry a trade. Good trades has to be sought up before the dickering commences. Take Bijah Swale now. The hook's in old Bijah so deep, there ain't no chance of his spitting it out. Calculate we'll be seeing something of Bijah before sundown tomorrow. If chance should happen, I and you ain't together, you come a-running once you heaves in sight. Your old grandpa will learn you how to make a powerful good trade, Ralphie. <clears throat> Along in the middle of that next afternoon, Grandfather and I had stopped to rest the horses. The stones had been cleared from more than three-quarters of the field, and Grandfather called to me. Gory, sakes alive, Ralphie. Getting tarnal nigh to the end of it, ain't we? Supposing that I and you cast about a bit and calculate what best we might do with this old field. I was sure he was going to say something about strawberries. I wanted to throw my arms up and shout, but I didn't. I lifted one more stone onto the drag, then walked over to him slowly as if I was just going for a drink of water. We'd walked a little way, quartering across the top of the hill, when Grandfather knelt and scooped up a handful of dirt. Just about petered out, ain't it? He said, as it sifted through his fingers. Your grandpa ain't kept stock enough these last ten years to feed the soil proper. Mark how yellow and spindling the nice side the crown is. Needs a power more of dressing to fetch it back. The other slope's browner. You take note? Don't need quite so much. Yonder, twixt the orchard wall and the pasture bars. You mark that black street? Twon't need next to none. I nodded my head, because I couldn't trust my voice not to sound too happy if I spoke. Calculate you can ration out 30 loads more dressing, nice and even, according to the color of that soil. I was so excited that I started to speak before I thought I was going to what I was going to say. I could if Grandfather looked up at me with a half smile and said, Could if you had a Mark, Mark Ralphie. There was a ring of metal against stone, then the chuckle of a loose wagon hub on a spindle. I looked around to see a gray horse's head come above the hill at the top of the orchard. It's somebody, somebody with a gray horse, I told Grandfather. Calculated would be, he said, and went on sifting dirt. He didn't look up or move from his knees, and I didn't want to be staring, so I kept watching the sifting dirt. In a minute or two, a man called, Howdy, Tom, how you be you? Grandfather looked around, but didn't get up. Tolerable, Bijah, tolerable, he said, and reached for another handful of dirt. I glanced over my shoulder to be sure it was the man who had given me a ride the day I came. It was, and he was driving the same horse hitched to the same blue dump cart, tied by her horns to the back of it was a long-legged, slab-sided red cow. Her head was twisted sideways, and she was pulling back on the rope. Just a driving by and stopped in to pass the time of day with you, Mr. Swale shouted. Nice one, ain't it, Grandfather said, and let the dirt trickle through his fingers. Mr. Swale waited a minute or two, and then called back. My early for fall plowing, ain't it, Tom? Grandfather nodded his head. So you got a boy to help you. Your daughter Mary's boy, ain't it? Grandfather nodded again. Mr. Swale waited two or three minutes that time and shouted, One boy can be a big help to a man. Two ain't worth shucks. Learning him to pick rock? Calculate on sewing back to Timothy? That time, Grandfather said, Mm-hmm, as he nodded. My heart jumped quickly, and then I felt empty inside. When I looked up from the ground, the red cow was twisting her neck and pulling back on the rope. So, boss, so, Mr. Swale said just loud enough. I could barely hear him, then shouted, Here you got a new bull, Tom. 
All fired good one, grandfather said that time and stood up. Gory, Bija. See you fetched a cow. Heifer, Mr. Swale shouted back. Milking shorthorn, close to purebred. Bulls Holstein, all fired big one, grandfather told him as he started toward the dump cart. I felt so bad about his planning to plant Timothy Hay again that I wanted to be alone, so I turned toward the wall where I'd left the yellow colt. I'd only taken two steps when grandfather said in a real low voice, Let be, Ralphie. Come watch the fun. What you a-standing him at, Tom? Mr. Swale shouted before Grandfather was through speaking to me. Fifty cents, Grandfather called, and reached down for another handful of dirt. As I bent with him, he said into his whiskers, Cow ain't in. He's here for trading. Trifle steep, ain't you, Tom? Ed, Ed Kennedy ain't asking for thirty, but thirty-five for his jersey. Ain't far up to Ebens, Grandfather said as he walked on toward the dump cart. I'd seen plenty of shorthorn cattle in Colorado, but I'd never seen one that looked like Mr. Swale's cow. Her horns turned in like a jersey's, and her head was nearly as wide at the muzzle as it was at her eyes. Her neck was scrawny, and she kept twisting it as if she pulled at the rope. Mr. Swale noticed Grandfather looking at the cow and said, Heifer's a little timid. Ain't used to being drug on a rope. My gentle spirited, mighty gentle spirited critter. Grandfather walked around the cow with his hands folded behind his back. Breachy, ain't she? he asked as she as she slatted around to keep an eye on him. Lord's sakes, no, ain't a breachy horn bone in her hide. <clears throat> Timmin, Tom Timmin. No awful an awful good milker, heifer. Wouldn't swap her off for the world if my pastor wasn't so nigh the county road. Them automobiles a pastor worries the jeeslin out of her, throws her off her feed. Date dight gaunted, ain't she? Grandfather asked as he looked at the deep hollows under her hip bones. Mr. Swale climbed down off the dump cart and started to walk around the cow, too. Yes, sirree, Tom. Gaunted out. Poor critter. Them auto. Heavens to be It happened so fast that I hardly saw it. Mr. Swale was right behind, beside the cow's hip when she, he said, poor critter, and she kicked as he reached a hand out toward her. Her hoof flashed through the air like a stone through a slingshot. From a slingshot, and there was a click as it hit his leg just below the knee. He caught himself quickly, but there was a hurt sound in his voice when he went on. Etsy wouldn't have a poor critter scared, so needs a big, quiet pasture like a yorn, Tom. As Mr. Swale limped back and climbed onto the dump cart, Grandfather winked at me across the old cow's back. Try for a little bag, he said. Calculate she's tarnal and I dried up, Ralphie. No, siree, Tom, Mr. Swale said as he sat rubbing his leg. No, siree, my missus, she's been a-feeling poorly rheumatized in her hands. Didn't get her milking done this morning until nigh unto noon. You can count on a steady ten, eleven quarts to a milking. An awful good butter cow. Got a good butter cow, was all Grandfather said. Pasture like yourn, Tom. You'd have this here heifer up to fifteen, sixteen quarts to a milking inside a fortnight. Ain't calculating to overcrowd the pasture, Ralphie. And I and you'd better get them, Ralphie. I and you'd better get back to them rocks. Mr. Swale started to turn his cart, and he let Grandfather and me go fifty or sixty feet before he stopped and called. Might give a dollar to boot on a swap, Tom. Surely do hate to put this timid heifer back in that county road pasture. It's again my conscience.
I don't think she's a heifer, I whispered to Grandfather. Older than I be, he mumbled into his whiskers. Then he turned and called out, Always willing to take a, talk a fair trade. What kind of a critter are you looking for, Bija? Ain't partial let to get neither heifer, Tom, Mr. Swale said. Something easy milking, account of the old woman's stiff hands. By gory Bija, Grandfather says, you walk back to the cart. Calculate, I got just what you're looking for. But she'd cost you a, more to, a, to boot than you can afford. Who told you what I can afford? Mr. Swale asked angrily. Gory sakes alive, Bisha, Grandfather said. All I was a-getting at. This cow of yourn's pharaoh, you say. I'd have to feed her through the winter afore she freshened, and I was a-calculating on swapping you a spanking fresh one. Couldn't make me dicker in less than eight, ten dollars boot. Easy milking, Mr. Swale asked. Grandfather looked over at me and asked, What would you say, Ralphie? Could a stiff-handed woman milk that spotted cow? I didn't want to see the spotted cow traded off. She was the best milker in the herd, but I had to say, sure, anybody could kick, could milk her. Kick, Mr. Swale asked me. No, sir, I said. She never raised a foot when I'd been around her. Might be we could deal, Tom, he said. It's again my conscience of putting this timid heifer back in that cussed pasture of mine. Where's your cow at? Fetch him into the barn, Ralphie, Grandfather told me. I'll look after the hosses. No need of fetching Clarabelle and the brindle. Then his eyelid flickered just a trifle. It was early, and the cows were way down at the back end of the pasture. I didn't hurry much going down there, and the more I thought about it, the less I could be sure that Grandfather's eyelid had flickered on purpose. Myra and the spotted cow were the first ones I found, but I didn't take them right in. I still hoped there might be a chance of getting rid of the brindle, and Grandfather hadn't said I couldn't bring her. I decided to start them all into the lane, then get in front of the brindle and Clarabelle and let them follow along by themselves. So this chapter's ending with the uh, story still unfolding. Let's see, can I get a good trade for the cows? <coughs> and Ralph was pretty disappointed about uh, the field going to hay, but I'm not sure that's what his grandfather's really going to do. He was just letting uh, the other gentleman talk. Anyway, uh, it's fun. Grandfather's got a new vision for being a farmer and, and is excited to have Ralphie be part of his life. I love you.